Happy Thanksgiving. Y'all are so fat, you came and say happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> My wife and I stopped eating sugar, so ice cream, cake, sweets, all that stuff, which I was like an addict. But Thanksgiving was, a, was, a, was an exception. <laughs> the week before was an exception. The week after was an exception. Christmas is coming. That's going to be an exception. No, for real, I, I, I re really did. And the other day, I just ate, and I was like, it's like someone gave me a drug. Anyway, I, I was like, Arr. Anyway, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving. God bless y'all. Come on now. We want to welcome all our campuses out there, all the campuses and all the people in the military. Let's give them a big hand. God bless y'all. Thank you for serving. Amen. I'm going to ask you all to stand up for one second. Just stand up. So my wife, um, she put up Thanksgiving decorations. I, I mean, uh, uh, yeah, I guess, fall. And now it's time for Christmas. It's all the same to me. I'm like, whatever, right? But how many guys agree? Can I get amen? Amen. 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 However, <laughs> I'm sitting on the couch yesterday watching football and she comes up behind me, she says, whenever you have a chance, I need you to help me with some boxes. Whenever it's the proper time. I'm like, in February, okay? <laughs> so I said, I said, honey, all you have to do is snap your finger and I'm at your command. And she went. <laughs> so I jumped up and I said, I will do whatever you want. I am a, your husband. And she said, in the garage, go get the box. So I want to put the boxes up. Uh, there's a difference between being married and being a husband. Yep. Being married means you have one of these. Being a husband means you do what you're told. <laughs> there, <laughs> there is a difference between being a Christian and a disciple. Next year, uh, we are going to lean into the idea of being a disciple. A lot of people come to church here, but you're not a disciple. Um, well, that applies to every church. People say a prayer, they go to church, they claim that's my church, that's my church. But you're not a disciple. So we're going to lean into that next year and we're going to talk about that all year long. Um, we're going to read through the Bible as a church for all y'all who want to participate. We're going to have curriculum for your R groups. Uh, and then we're going to create D groups, discipleship groups, which we'll talk about more about. We'll be guys and girls only for three or four or five people and you get really accountable to each other for really doing stuff, um, uh, obeying. But one of the things we're going to do is we're going to read, uh, memorize scripture every week. And so today we're going to memorize, uh, well, at least we're going to start the memorization process. You, we're not going to do it all here. We're just going to kickstart you here and then you've got to do it during the week. It can't happen here. It'll never, ever, ever, ever always happen here. This is just 40 minutes of your whole week. Okay. So, Matthew chapter 28, 19 is going to be on the screen. We're going to say it together several times out loud. And then we're going to say it together without reading it. Everyone say on three. One, two, three. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Okay? Let's read again. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Baptizing them in whose name? Go therefore and make what? Disciples. Of what? Very good. Let's say it one more time. Read it one more time. Say, go therefore. 
Very good. And take it off the screen. Take it off the screen. All right. One, two, three. Very good. Now, I know a lot of y'all might have known that. Some of you may not. However, what I want you to do now is I want you to turn to the person next to you as you read them and say, my name is whatever your name is. Whatever your name is. I, just one second. My name is whatever your name is. I want to be a disciple of Christ. Okay? Okay. Okay, you may be seated. You may be seated. Y'all excited to be in church today? Say amen if you're excited to be in church today. Amen. Amen. Uh, if you notice, we did not take our offering. We are ending our all-in series today, so we will take the offering at the end like we did last week. Uh, normally, there are about 40% of the people in the church uh, service that weren't here the week previous week. On average, uh, Christians in America go to church 1.7 times a month. Um, and so to give perspective, uh, so when we make an announcement, we know that, and by the way, uh, that means that if I did three weeks in a row survey, about 40% wouldn't have been here the previous two weeks. So you almost have to say three, three or four times for everybody to get it one time. And then when they get it one time, we don't even get it. So, uh, for example, on account of three, say word. For, that's a perfect example. <laughs> How many times have I been saying that? So, <laughs> so I, 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 I just give up, okay? Word. <laughs> One more time. Lift your Bibles up and say word. Very good. <laughs> Turn to Exodus chapter 13. So we will take the offering at the end. Exodus 13, the second book of the Bible. The second book of the Bible. We're going to memorize all the books of the Bible. Exodus is exit from Egypt. Exodus starts with the word letters E-X. Exit starts with the letters E-X. Exit from Egypt. Lord, I pray you bless us today. I pray you encourage us. I pray that you would challenge people to make you their priority in their giving, that you would be first in their life. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, I'm sure most of you, if not all of you, had some form of Thanksgiving dinner. Turkey, you know, sweet potatoes, cranberry sauce. For decades, probably five plus decades, I never ate cranberry sauce, cranberry slices. I just thought they looked nasty. And for that reason alone, I never ate it. And then I came into the light <laughs> and thought, how stupid was I? Anyway, you had all that stuff, you know, sweet potatoes, uh, you know, your muffins and your, your rolls and blah, 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 blah. Can I get amen? And then you had leftovers that you took for lunch and dinner the next few days or whatever. But then you had your scraps, your leftover leftovers that you gave your dog. Can I get amen? And your dog was like, mm-hmm, my favorite part of the year. 
um, a lot of us treat our giving, our financial giving like that. We give God leftovers. We spend on ourselves. We get our mortgage, we get our car, we get our Gucci, we get our this, we get our that. And then we say, if I have anything left over, I'll give God a little bit of that. Uh, we started a series a uh, month and a half ago or so on Thanksgiving. And we've been talking about when you are generously thankful for something or someone, God can bring healing to that relationship. For example, if you are thankful to God, God will align your relationship with him and your relationship with God will be more blessed than if you are not thankful to God. Matter of fact, one of the benefits of doing worship in the beginning of the service is to align your heart, your attitude, your worries with the majesty of God. Because if you come to church where God is down here and you're up here, you're doomed. But if you come to church and say, no, God is on his throne, he is almighty, he is still in control, then you will have a more biblical concept of your hope. Can I get an Amen. If you have an issue with a person in your life, we all have people in our life we got issue with. Uh, uh, can I get amen? If you want to heal that relationship or bring healing to that relationship, start expressing thanks to them. Not only maybe start with about them in your prayers. Dear God, I pray you bless that person. I really appreciate them. At least start trying to express thanks and gratitude and God will start to realign that relationship the way it's supposed to be, which is a relationship of mutual respect and love. Give thanks. If you are thankful, you are more healthy, you sleep better, you have less stress, you have less anxiety, you can be more generous in your praise. You will be less critical if you are thankful because those two things cannot coexist. And so we've been learning that. For the last month. And we've also been learning that when you are thankful in your giving, God will bless your finances. When your giving is aligned to what the Bible says to do, you will be more blessed. Can I get amen? The Bible talks about God being first. If you take the word God and you reverse it, what does it spell? Dog. Stop treating the God like a dog. You got to reverse it. Now, let me, let me throw something out on the table here. People say, whenever you talk about money at church, you're trying to manipulate people to get more money. Just throw it out there. Let me, let, me, let me apply it to everything we tell you. Everything we tell you is going to be from this book. And, and hopefully, <laughs> I mean, and we'll prove it by reading it. But everything we tell you has benefits on several levels. God is blessed when you obey God. Can I get Amen. Y'all don't sound convinced. Amen. God is blessed when you, get, when you obey. Can I get amen? amen? You are blessed when you obey. Can I get amen? amen. I'm going to stop right there. You are blessed. You are blessed when you obey. You will always, always be blessed more when you obey. If you don't believe that, you won't, be, you won't obey. If you do not believe that doing this book is going to bless you, you shouldn't come to church. You shouldn't say you're a Christian. The whole premise is that I believe this is going to help my life. And so we are telling this to, to bless you. And is the church blessed? Absolutely. It's a win, 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 win. That's how God works. And then the more we're blessed by your praying, by your giving, by your serving, by your sacrificing, the more the community is blessed because he's put his here for the community. So let's throw it all out there. Can you, get, can, uh, you understand what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? So you have to believe in your heart. This, when we talk about next week, reading, next year, reading through the whole Bible. And by the way, you can read through the whole Bible if you just spend 15 minutes a day reading the Bible. 
That's it, 15 minutes. Set the clock. Get in. Let's start thinking about it. I'm going to get 15 minutes a day. You can start that now. 15 minutes. You can read through the whole Bible. Is that going to bless you? Absolutely. No doubt. 100%. If you don't believe that, you won't read. It's very simple. So, we can't treat God like a dog and give God leftovers. God has to be first. By the way, you may have heard somebody say, well, God can do anything. God cannot do anything. Or let me say it reverse. God can do anything. God cannot do anything. God cannot sin. He cannot sin. God cannot deny his own character. God cannot learn. Like you're never going to come to God and say, hey, God, I got, a, I got an idea. He's going to go, I never thought about that. Jesus, Jesus, write this down, man. You know what mom said? I never thought about that. That's a good idea. That's never going to happen. Matter of fact, in the, in, old, in the New Testament when Jesus said he would ask a question, he was never asking a question because he didn't know. He was asking a question so everybody else could know the answer. So just know that God, God, there's things God can't do, okay. Now, one thing else God can't do, God cannot. Be second. He has to be first. When we give God our leftovers, God says, no, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not second. I'm not God and second. In other words, I can't, you can't love me and hate me. Um, the second law of logic, that's not the law of logic, um, is a law of non-contradiction. The law of non, it's a logical law, law of logic. The law of non-contradiction says that something can't be something and not be something at the same time. In other words, this table can't be a table and at the same time not be a table. Now, it could be a table and a footrest at the same time. It could be two things, but it can't be something and not be something at the same time. You can't, God can't be God and not God at the same time. God can't be God and be second at the same time. It's like getting married, I mentioned this last week, getting married and saying right before the wedding to your, your woman, hey, I'm real excited for the wedding, your dress looks beautiful, awesome, the flowers are awesome, pastor's gonna be awesome, everybody's here, they're on time. However, I got another wife, you're gonna be number two. <laughs> we cool? <laughs> that shouldn't be cool with anybody. Oh, lady, say hey, if that ain't cool. Exactly. So God says, I'm not going to be second. So today I want to challenge you to put God first in all areas of your life, specifically we're going to talk about in your giving. That you're not giving yourself and then leftovers to God. You say, no, God, I got to pay. God, you're first. You come first. Why? We're going to learn about that today. Let's do some review from last week. Uh, letter A, tithe. The tithe is the first 10% of your income. That is before you pay the government. The government certainly does not deserve the respect of God. Tithe is 10%. Uh, tithing is taught inside the Old Testament law and outside the Old Testament law. Abraham, Jacob, Moses, Jesus. You can read all that later. Grace is higher than the law. People say, well, the, the law is the Old Testament. We don't need to obey that. We're in the age of grace. In the Old Testament, it said you should tithe 10%. You know what God says? I want 100% grace. 
When Jesus died on the cross, he died because of grace. He didn't give 10% of his blood. He didn't give 10% of his life like his leg died. Everything else lived. No, he said, I'm giving 100%. And so I want 100% of you. God wants 100% of your life. He doesn't want just 10% of your money. He wants your entire heart. He's letting you keep 90%. By the way, he wants you to manage that according to his wisdom anyway. A tithe is not giving but returning. It belongs to God. Leviticus 27.30 says all the tithe of the land, whether it is seed of the land or fruit of the trees, it is the Lord's. Everyone say the Lord. Come on, get, get, get raspy. I'm like you smoked cigarettes for 90 years. It's the Lord. Leviticus says, God says, it's mine. I want it. We're going to learn five reasons why. Not only does it, is it his, but he wants it first. Is God a priority in your life or is he an afterthought? Is blessing God a priority or is it an afterthought? God says, I'm not going to be second. I don't want that relationship. If you can think of a person who in your life disrespects you, what kind of relationship that is, that's the kind of relationship a lot of us have with God. We think God is there to serve us. We do our thing. When we get in an emergency, we call on God. God says, I'm not having that kind of relationship. That's not what I want. You serve me. You honor me. I'm talking about Jesus just in case you just woke up from a nap and you think I'm talking about me. I'm talking about God saying that, okay? <laughs> Number one, five reasons. Giving God your first must be the first thing you do. <laughs> Duh. Well, not really. Giving God first must be the first thing you do. You can't give God your first and do it last. Exodus chapter 22, verse 29. Oh, by the way, I'm sorry. I'm so confused. Turn to Exodus 13. My bad. Exodus 13. Let me read this to you. Exodus 13, verse 1, and then we're going to skip down. Verse 1 and 2, we'll skip down to verse 11. Verse 1, it says, Exodus 13. The Lord said to Moses, saying, consecrate to me all the firstborn whoever opens the womb. Everyone say firstborn. Say firstborn. You're going to hear the term firstborn today, and first fruits just means the first that you get. It means the firsts, the first child, the first fruit harvest, the first part of your harvest is the first fruit. It says, set aside, consecrate, make holy to me. All firstborn, whether opens the womb among the children, people of both man and beast is mine. Verse 11. It shall be when the Lord brings you into the land of the Canaanites. God is delivering them. In chapter 12, they just walked out of Egypt. Now they're going to walk around for 40 years because they were disobedient. But he's delivering them to the land of the Canaanites, which is the promised land. So he's telling them, when you get there, which by the way could have been 11 days, but it was 40 years. Read Numbers 13. It, they could have walked 11 days and gotten the promised land. Instead, they walked 40 years. You know why? They didn't do what God said. Simple. God had them there 11 days. He said, you can go in right now. And they sent 12 spies in. They, they looked around for 40 days. 
And they, they came back and said, the land is just what God said. It has all the fruit. Uh, it has all the, 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 the bees and honey. It has plants. It's flowing with milk and honey, which means it, was, it can sustain animals that would bear milk. And, and it was fertile. And they came back and said, it's just what God said. But then they said, but there are giants in the land, and they're too big for us. So we won't go in. And, and Joshua and Caleb said, no, we can go in because our God is bigger than the giants. And they said, no, we're not going in. And God said, okay, here's what's going to happen. Y'all, how many days y'all spy out the land? Forty. You're going to walk around for a year for every day you spy out the land. And they walked around for 40 years. And all those people died except Joshua and Caleb. The two that said go in, everyone else died. There's consequences, not trusting God. Anyway, back to my story. It says, it shall be when the Lord brings you into the land of the Canaanites that he swore to give to your fathers that you shall set apart to the Lord all that open the womb, every firstborn. Say firstborn. That comes from an animal which you have, the male shall be the Lord's. But every firstborn, say firstborn. Of a donkey you shall redeem with a lamb. In other words, I want you to give me the lambs, but the donkeys are unclean animals. I don't want you sacrificing donkeys. So when you have a donkey, I want you to give me another lamb instead. Man. And I want you to give me the first one. But every first one of a donkey you shall redeem with a lamb, and if you will not redeem it, then you shall break its neck. In other words, if you don't have a lamb, you just got to kill it. I, don't want, I want you to, to, to pay it, get rid of it. Then all firstborn of man among your sons you shall redeem. In other words, if you have a son, I want him too. Well, because he's human, you can keep him, but I want you to give me something else in place because I want to remind you I go first. Now you're like, that's Old Testament. Exactly. Whenever you read the Old Testament, you have to understand two things. There is a letter of the law that applies exactly if it's repeated in the New Testament. For example, in the Old Testament, thou shalt not murder. Should we not murder? Um, this is not a trick question. <laughs> Y'all like, I don't know, maybe we can murder. You know? <laughs> New Testament says you should not murder. Okay, that's right. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Should we not commit adultery? Say, say that's, true. that's true. I mean, if you believe it's true, okay. Okay, so there are some things that are repeated. But what is always true from New to Old Testament to New Testament is the spirit of the law. For example, in Old Testament, so when you go to the bathroom, they all lived, they camped, two million people for 40 years in the wilderness, and they camped out in the fields. They said when you go to the bathroom, you have to go outside of the camp, dig a hole, and bury it. Well, does that mean when you go to the bathroom, you go outside and dig a hole and bury it? No, you have a toilet. It's the same thing. Cleanliness, that's the spirit of what he's saying. Here, he's saying, whenever you are blessed with something, the very first part of it, give to me. I, I'm going to tell you why in a few minutes. But he's telling them, I always want you to give it to me. Look what it says. Five reasons. Number one in your notes. Giving, give, giving to God first must be the first thing you do. You want God to bless your life? Remember, if we are generously thankful to God with our time, if we are generously thankful to God with our relationships, if we are gener generously thankful to God for who he is, if we are generously thankful for God for what he gives us, it is blessed. And if we do it first, let me, for example, if you meet somebody and you're going to go out on a date and it's your first date, ladies, please, 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 if it, whether it's your first date coming up or it's your thousandth date, it, Whenever you get in the car or when you first meet each other and you get ready to spend some time together, imagine 
how different your date would be if in that moment you together prayed and said, we dedicate our next few hours together to God. God bless our conversation. Bless anything we do. Bless where we go. Bless what we wear. Are you talking about? That, that, that date is going to go this way versus this way. Bless what I think. Dedicated to God. You wake up in the morning. Some of y'all, <laughs> me being one of them, before I open our eyes, I hear, my eyes, hear thoughts in your head, it's going to be a horrible day. It's going to be a horrible day. It's going to be, no, no, no. It's going to be an awesome day. That's a battle. That's a spiritual battle. How many of y'all fight that battle before you even open your eyes? That is a spiritual battle. You cannot get up and fight that with, with just your thoughts. Yes, think on things that are holy and pure and lovely, and that's biblical. But you've got to say, Lord, I surrender this day to you. I realize I'm in a battle, and you are going to bless today, and I'm going to commit today, right now, to you and this whole day. Start it off. Don't wait till the end of the day. When you get paid, say, God, this is from you. I honor you right now. How? Hey, you got a direct deposit? Make direct deposit. I'm honoring God. Do you believe this is true? You go to our website, set it up. Go to your bank, set it up. Do your direct deposit. For real, I've been tithing for 34 years going on 35 years. God's faithful. Don't be sitting there doing all your things and say, okay, what do I got left over? Well, let me figure it out at the end of the year what I owe him. No, my wife and I, we, 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 last couple of years, we've been trying to do our whole, trying to take out of our savings our whole year's tithe in January. It's just that we know, and they actually come in, but we say, we're just going to do it all now. Say, God, we really trust you. Okay, number two, uh, look what it says in Exodus 22, verse 29, it says, you shall not delay, everyone say delay, to offer the first of your ripe produce and your juices, the firstborn of your sons you shall give to me. Don't delay. In other words, don't be getting blessed and God's like, so when are you going to tell me thank you? When you get blessed with an opportunity, with a job, don't be sitting there going, hey, I did a great job, I did a great job. Say, I'm going to stop right now and say, God, thank you. I'm not going to... Have, some, have to have, I'm not going to have to be reminded when I go to church, oh, I got to thank you. Are y'all blessed? Are y'all tracking with me? Number two, giving God first means giving God your best. When you give God first, it also means that you are giving God your best. When they would bring their animals to God, they could not bring an animal that was lame. In other words, God, here's my lamb, and the lamb, it got, it got a broke leg, it can't see, it can't even go back, it just goes back, back. But it can't even do the <laughs> Leviticus chapter 22, verse 37, it says, The Lord spoke to Moses. Leviticus 22, 17. Leviticus, by the way, the theme of Leviticus is holiness. Speak to Aaron and his sons and to all the children of Israel and say, Whenever a man of the house of Israel or the strangers of Israel, whoever offers his sacrifice for any of his vows or his free will offerings, which they offer to the Lord as a burnt offering, you shall offer of your own free will. Everyone say own free will. I, I, I'm going to give to God because I want to, because I honor him. I'm not going to give it to God because I feel guilty. That's not making God first. 
God wants to be first, has to be first because you acknowledge that he is worthy of being first. And then it says, you shall offer your, your uh, offer of your own free will with a male without blemish. Everyone say without blemish. I want you to give me your first lamb and I want it to be a good lamb. In other words, pick out his fro. <laughs> a pick was a, um, a comb that stuck out these things and you would just pick out your afro. Do y'all not know what a pick is? <laughs> so when you get your sheep, I want you to pick out his fro. I want you to wash him up. I want you to make sure everything works. He's healthy. I want to be like your best one. And then give that to me. Why? Because I deserve it. Because I'm God. I want your best. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25. Jesus is going to present his church without blemish. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself for the church. Why? That he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word. Why? That he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that he should, the church, she, should be holy and without blemish. You know what? Jesus is going to do, he's going to present us, the church, to himself without blemish, without spot or wrinkle. He says, I want you to do the same thing to me. I want you to practice honoring me with your best. Do you give God your best in your worship? I see people worshiping like this. Holy, 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 Lord. God's like, not my house, not my house. You need to come early and raid her all. Why? Because God has to be first. Is he a priority or is he an afterthought to you? 1.7 times a month? It's not putting it first. It's when it's convenient. Are you in our group? Not convenient. It's not in your schedule. You got prayer time, reading the Bible. 15 minutes a day? Can you do 15 minutes a day? I'm sure you can find 15 minutes a day. If he's a priority, you will find two hours. You just have to get up earlier or take some stuff out. Listen, I watch ESPN. I'm an ESPN fanatic. But there's only but so many times you could watch the same replay. I mean, Alabama won 20 times yesterday. <laughs> Giving God first represents 
faith in more to come. Giving God first represents faith in more to come. Turn to 1 Corinthians 15. This is awesome. If you have a lamb, and that's the only lamb you have, and the lamb has a baby, and you trust in that baby for meat, for hair, and for, for, for fur, and, and then the baby has a baby, and that's the whole future is resting in that baby. By the way, it's a male, so it has seed in it to make more babies. So that baby represents the whole future of all your lambs. And God says, I want that one. Hold up, God, hold up, God, hold up, God. How about, how about, how about, how about I get some more babies and then I give you one of them? Because I, if I give you this one and my mom, mom, baby mama don't have another baby, what am I going to do? You got to trust me. <laughs> That's the point. This is way I don't like it. I don't like it. He said, no, no. If you give me, you giving me first represents your faith in more to come. This is exactly where this happens. I don't know if I can do that. That's exactly right. That's where this happens. That's where you have to check your heart. Do I trust God? Because God has blessed you, blessed you, blessed you, blessed you, blessed you. Where so many times you think you did it and you didn't do it. Guess what? I got a job. No, you didn't. God gave it to you. I got a raise. No, you didn't. God gave it to you. I got a man. No, you didn't. You got a dog. <laughs> you just don't know it. First Corinthians 15. It says, now Christ is risen from the dead and has become first fruits. Ah, there's that word. Say first fruits. Say first fruits. First means first, fruit means the product of something. First fruits of those who have fallen asleep. In other words, Jesus dying and rising from the dead is the beginning of more people rising from the dead. Very important for you to understand. Remember, I want you to give me the first fruits of your harvest. That means when you have a harvest, just give me the beginning, there's going to be more. I want you to give me the firstborn, give me the firstborn, there's going to be more. Jesus is the first fruit. He died, rose from the dead, there's going to be more. There's going to be more. He is a symbol of more to come. It says, but now as Christ has risen from the dead and has become first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. Since by Adam came death, by man also came the resurrection from the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ all shall be made alive. But each one to his own order. And then it says, Christ, the first fruits. Everyone say first fruits. Say first fruits. Afterward, those who are Christ at his coming. Jesus is a sign of more to come. So when, you, when, we, when we celebrate Easter, we are celebrating the beginning of all the other resurrections to come. That was the deposit. And by the way, God the Father didn't give 10% of his sons. He gave 100% of his sons. He only had one. He didn't have 10 and gave one. He gave 100%. Number four, uh, giving God first secures a blessing on the rest. Giving God first secures a blessing on the rest. You rather have 90% of your money blessed than 100% not blessed. <laughs> and not blessed doesn't mean you don't have a lot of it. You can have a lot of money and not be blessed. It's just, I got to have more, I got to have more, I got to have more. I never satisfied, never satisfied. Or you could have 90% or 50% and be so happy. How is that? It's the blessing of God. Not, it's not about the amount. It's about your faithfulness to what you have and God blessing your heart. Remember, he aligns your heart. And once he aligns your heart, you see it the way he sees it. 
of Romans 11:16 says, "For if the first fruit is holy, set aside. If the first part, this, in this sense, is 10 percent. If the first fruit is holy, set aside, appropriately delegated to God's purpose, the lump is holy. If the root is holy, the branches are holy." In other words, if I say, if I, if I, if I if in this case, God, I get played, I get a bonus, and I say, okay, God, I honor you as the giver of this, not me. Here. Now, what do you want me to do with the rest? By the way, it doesn't mean you do whatever you want. It means that God now direct me because I don't want to waste this either. How do I invest? How do I leverage it? How do I enjoy it? How do I multiply it? God, give me wisdom. God is smarter than your investor. For you, if you have a financial planner, God's smarter than him or her. Let me say it slower. If you have a financial planner, almighty God, creator of the universe, is smarter than them. doesn't mean you don't listen to them. It means you filter what they say through your prayer life. And by the way, you make sure you get a person that God led you to through prayer. Don't get them because they, hey, hey, I can make you 20 percent. Hey, hey, hey. No, don't get that guy. Say, Lord, I... <laughs> Get me, if God sends you a dude with bushy eyebrows and they're coming out like that and he, and he got a little cane, he said, I'm just going to do my best. And God says, that's the guy, that's the guy. You got to get it from God. Can I get an amen? I'm just giving you, some, I'm just giving you, I'm just giving you general advice because that applies to everything in your life. God sends you a fine woman and she's all about what you in mind, your mind envision, envision that you like. And God says, mm-mm. Back up. Do like Forrest Gump. Run. <laughs> and ladies, same way. If God sends you a man, he's all chiseled up, got all his teeth. God says, no. Go. Proverbs 3, 9 and 10. Honor the Lord with your possessions and the first fruits of your increase, so your bonds will be filled to plenty and your vats will overflow. The first fruits and then God will bless you. It says in Malachi 3.10, bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me, says the Lord, if I will not open up the windows of heaven and pour out such a blessing that there will be no room to receive it. How many of you would love God to open up the windows of heaven on your life? Raise your hand real high because they're like, I don't know. If I raise my hand, that means I got to do something. No, just <laughs> if you raise your hand, you're claiming you want this. God says, Test me. I will give you a challenge 90 days, tithe faithfully, for real. For real. Tithe faithfully and then say, God, I'm going to be looking to see what you do. I dare you. He says, test me. I mean, you can't get any more blatant than that. Why? Because God's faithful. Can't lie. Number five. Giving God first is a reminder of the source of your blessing. This is so powerful. The very passage we started with, I'm going to go back to verse 14. There's going to come a day when someone in your family is going to say, why do you give all that money to the church? Why do you write those checks? And why do you, why do you tithe? I mean, does that, and then you give over and above for Toys for Joy and all this other stuff. I don't understand why you do that stuff. Here's why. God told Moses, they're going to ask. Verse 14, chapter 13 of Exodus. So shall be when your son or your daughter or your neighbor or your critic asks what are you doing? That you shall say, 
By strength of hand, the Lord brought me out of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. And it came to pass when Pharaoh was stubborn about letting us go, that the Lord killed the firstborn of the land of Egypt and the firstborn of man and animal. Therefore, everyone say therefore. Therefore. I give to the Lord. How many, by show of hands, would admit that before God was in your life, your life was jacked? Jack means messed up. <laughs> Not good. You were lost, aimless. Let's try that one more time. Elbow above the ear if that's you. You know why I give to God? Because I wouldn't have anything that I have without God. My wife was cleaning the sink the other day, yesterday. I don't know. She was cleaning the sink. And out of the blue, she said, I wonder who's going to be cleaning this sink when I'm gone. Now, my mind went a lot of places when she said that. I was thinking about a whole bunch of stuff. I said, you're leaving, you're going somewhere. And she was talking about when she dies. When we die, we, we built the house with only people living in our house, and we're going to one day leave, and somebody else is going to live there, and someone else is going to live there, and people we don't even know potentially are going to live in that house. She's like, I wonder who's, I don't know why she got that thought. But one of the things that that thought communicated was she ain't taking that sink with her. <laughs> None of you are going to be going to your funeral with a U-Haul behind your, <laughs> or your Fidelity investor running behind your hearse saying, see you later, honey, I got I to gotta go. My, my client's dying, so I got to go with him. That ain't, God, I thank you. I am so thankful I don't do cocaine anymore. I don't smoke weed anymore. That I'm not running from being committed to my, then girlfriend, now wife. I'm so thankful that God saved me from me. Often my wife and I talk about how messed up I was. We never talk about how messed up she was. It's always me. <laughs> but that, that just dawned on me, right? Just, just, we'll have to talk about that one later. Take this out, if you will. One of the ideas of God being first is that you, he is first because you honor him worthy. The difference between religion and Christianity, religion, you just check the box. Christianity is that it's a love relationship. Now, we haven't taken our offering. If you want to give your offering, we're going to do that. We're going to put that in an envelope. But... Some of you go to church here, but you don't tithe. That will be an amazing first step. That you say, I'm going to start tithing. That will be biblical, and God will bless you. Offerings are over and above that to extra events like Toys for Joy, a building we're trying to get in, in, in San Ysidro, online evangelism, global evangelism. We're getting 1,000 people saved online. We want to follow up with them. Extra things that we do that our operating budget cannot handle both. So if you could take, tear this panel off real quick. Tear the panel off. And in a minute, I'm going to ask you to just fill this out. If you want to start tithing, just write on there, I want to start tithing. But 
if you want to make a commitment over and above to uh, these outreach opportunities that we have in San Diego and above around the world, just fill out the commitment you want to make. You could actually make that commitment, fill it in the box. If you want to go online to sdrock.com slash all in, you can make your commitment online for the people watching online. But here's what I'm going to have you do. Uh, in all the campuses, I'm just going to fill this out for a couple minutes, if you will. And I'm going to ask you not to leave because we have to fill it out and then we have to collect them and then we'll dismiss you. And so I just want to pray and then, uh, can anybody, by the way, can you just hold up your envelopes just so I can see that you all have everything that we're talking about? Very good. If you need a pen, just raise your hand and our ushers will give you a pen. Lord, thank you so much for your faithfulness. Thank you for your goodness. Lord, I pray for a supernatural blessing on this process that you will become a priority, more of a priority in people's giving in their prayer time. And I pray that you have ministered to people's hearts and as they fill this out that they would hear you speak to them. In Jesus' name, amen. Just take a couple minutes and I'll pray here in a couple minutes after we fill it out and then we'll take it, collect them together. Put that, your offering and your tithe in this envelope, in your card. Are we good? Say amen if you need more time. Lord, we pray for a blessing on everyone who filled out this card and gave and is going to give. We pray you multiply wisdom. 
opportunities, open doors, financial blessing, that you would open up the windows of heaven, that even before they get home, they would get a call, a text, an email of an opportunity they've been waiting for. That tomorrow at work, they would get an opportunity that they've been waiting for. And that you would encourage them to be more obedient by affirming their obedience. Bless us with all the resources we need to do what we do and what you've called us to do. Thank you for your faithfulness. In Jesus' name, amen. What we're going to do now is I'm going to put mine in and we're going to take an offering. So we appreciate you sitting in your seat until the buckets go by. Then we're going to stand and sing and worship one more song.